Hello and welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast. I'm Ian Cheeseman. Thanks very much for your company and thanks very much to the Charles Louis Group, who are an advisory business who sponsor this podcast. So thanks very much to them. They advise on development finance, mortgage advice and estate agency. They started out life as a simple mortgage company offering buy to let, first time buyer and moving house mortgages. But these days they provide support for the whole property transaction process, including an independent estate agent's and an expert commercial financial team and renowned mortgage team. So if you want some help and you want to give them a call, charleslouis.co.uk, you'll see the phone number on there, run by a blue, and uh, they're helping me with the podcast and you help them if you need to do something with a house, sell it, buy it, whatever. Now, tonight I have uh, three guests, as always. My very special guest is the man who scored the most important goal um, at Manchester City's 1999 playoff final. Never mind Paul Dickoff, right? Never mind uh, the, the save by Nicky Weaver. The, the man who scored the most important goal in that game, by far, the man who got sent off for aggressive walking at, at Bournemouth, <laughs> Mr Kevin Harlock is with us tonight. So, Kevin, thanks very much for joining us this evening. Thank you. No problem. The forgotten goal. It's not forgotten by me or by us. We remember it well. Without that goal, we wouldn't be where we are today. And I'll come back to that, actually, in a minute. But we've also got Amy and Paul with us tonight. So thanks very much, guys, for being with us. And actually, while we're on that subject, because we're recording this podcast just after, um, it's in the evening, on the Sunday evening UK time, and we're recording the podcast just after the postponement of United against Liverpool, which in theory could have led to City winning the league tonight, but, but it didn't. And the, po- the protests that were happening were all about Super League. So although I didn't particularly want to start with this subject, um, I'm going to start with it anyway, because I know, Kevin, you were very upset about it when the proposal came along, because you tweeted a subtle one for some people, wishing you'd never scored the goal at Wembley in 1999, because <laughs> that's how upset you were. So do you still feel that way? Look, it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, tongue in I must admit. But, look, football's for the fans. It's about them being able to afford to go to games and it being accessible. And I, I don't know, I just didn't like it. From from the moment it got spoke about, I, I really didn't like it. And um, Manchester City fans are really special to me. And, yeah, it hurt me. So I put the tweet out. It was tongue-in-cheek and it was a little bit of a laugh, but... It had a bit of truth in it as well. I thought it was perfectly pitched because it had the city humour, uh, but it, and we all know that you've got bags of sense of humour. But it got it made the point perfectly to me. Um, you know how did how did you feel then about the the collapse of it and what what you made of United fans um, doing what they're doing today? I, I always thought it was going to be a, a no go in, in in truth, but um, yeah. It worried me. I must admit, I thought, what if this does happen? Like, where does football go from here? The fans, are they going to buy into it? Which I don't think they would have. And yeah, so I'm glad it did collapse and only lasted, what was it, 24 hours maybe? Yeah, it can't have been much more than that. Um, What what did you two think? Because I've not spoken to you two since Super League came along. Um, I mean, obviously, Kevin's a former player. You're just, we're just fans, aren't we, at the end of the day? How did you feel about it? Were you excited at prospects of playing Real Madrid every two weeks or or uh, was it was it the opposite view? Go on, Amy, you go first. Ladies before gentlemen. 
thank you. Um, I wasn't I wasn't happy about it at all. I was I was quite scared in a way. Like I actually was quite like nervous. I was actually really like worried. Um, you know, like I like the fact of like us playing, you know bottom of the league sides and things like that in cup games and the excitement of it all for you know lower league fans and things like that and I didn't want to after like you know not be able to go and watch my club was the really really upsetting thing because everyone was like that's it I'm never going to the Etihad anymore and obviously you know the you know Liverpool fans were the same and United fans were the same and um for once it was like rivalry as it had disappeared we were all in this together and um as much as I'm not I'm not condoning what happened at United today because some of it was really really bad I understand completely where they were coming from um but no I'm I was really really scared about not being able to go and watch the football anymore I really was and it was quite upsetting and I was so glad when City brought the statement out that they were they were coming out of it because you know, it really worried me, really, because I, w- I was really worried about what what was going to happen, what, you know, what, what was going to happen to our club. Like, it was really scary thought, really. You and I, Paul, were at Wembley last week, and as you know, I spoke to some City fans on Wembley Way and inside mm. the ground, and the overriding view of City fans was that, uh, you know, it was over with, that, that City, having pulled out quickly, were the instigators of the collapse, so were almost seen as the heroes. Yet, I also hear away from Wembley, away from the diehards, that there are still people who are actually quite upset with the club. There, there are mixed views. Um, what, what's your view to begin with? And presumably you'd concur with me that most of the fans down there were very forgiving, but is that is that the view you get away from, from down there? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It was one of those. I mean, when 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 I got the ticket for the, um, the the final, it was before obviously all this had, had come out. Um, so when it did come out, literally, if this was going to go through, this was going to be my last game watching City. Um, I was in I was in in two minds initially to whether I should go or not. You know, obviously the day after it came out, it and it was done with kind of thing, if you like. But I was I was I was so disappointed in the club. But then, when you you look into it, you look further into it. We, we were damned if we did, and we damned if we didn't. Um, we kind of had to we had to stick our nose in there just to see what was going on. I think, and I'm, I, I've, I can't I can't say I've forgiven them because I don't know really what to forgive them for at the moment. Because you know none of us know the full details and what City's part in it was. Um, it's, it's a tough one to call, really, but as it stands at the moment, I've not forgiven them, but it's in the back of my mind, and they, they're going to have to sort of go, you know, go a little bit, bit, go over the top with us a little bit, just to give us a bit something back. I think, you know, just I'll, I'll come clean, come clean, and say this is this is what we were doing in there. We had to go in because X, Y, and Z, and I think, you know, I like to think that. We've um, our owners very rarely get it wrong, um, and I think they were in there for for the right reasons, maybe. And I'd like to think they were in there to kind of um, you know Agent Moyes kind of thing, you know, go in there and um, undermine it from within. I loved, I'd love to be able to think that, and it'd be great if we could say that. 
I know I've worked for the club in the past in various different roles. And when you're working for the club, it's it's different. And I've heard you know people say that within the club, there was as much shock about this potentially happening, the people who work for it, that it was just the people right at the very top who, who knew about it and who were involved. You, like me, Kevin, do things for the club. You know, you're on the match day coverage sometimes, and I'm sure you're very proud to get involved in that. So would I be. Um, have you had any insight from the people that you talked to? Have they, were they as shocked as we all were? Yeah, everybody was, I think. Um, I'm hoping that, obviously, it come about, Manchester City got told really late and said yes without even knowing anything about it. Um, I always believed that they would pull out because... Like you said, they've generally made really good decisions over the last decade or so. So um, I think they probably said yes, I'm hoping, and then realised what it was about, got told more details and said, no, this isn't for us because our fans are important to us. They're what this club are. It's what makes this club special. You must have an insight in your position as an ex-player to, to know quite a lot of the people behind the scenes like I do. So what's your view behind behind the scenes of the club? Is it still a club that, that cares about fans? Yeah, I think so. I think it's been proven. Um, it's obviously evolved like football has and it is now a massive, massive business. It's not um, so personal now. Um, you don't get to see players as much. As you did in the past, you don't get to see players walk into car parks um, at Main Road these days. But, yeah, I think, I think the owner and the club are in touch with how important the fans are to this football club. They, they stuck by us in real dark times. So I think they realised that and the right decision was made in the end. What direction do you think the club will go in now then, Kev? I mean, are they going to completely keep away from all that? Or do you, do you fear that if something else is put on the table because the Super League won't go away immediately, will it? That, that City might buy into it? Yeah, I, 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 who knows? I don't know. I hope, I hope not. I hope they think about the fans and um, their thoughts behind it. So I'm hoping not. Look, if you go back several years when the Premiership first came about, it was all a big hoo-ha then and Sky Sports. So football is trying to evolve and, and it has to because it's getting bigger and bigger. Um, but I'm ho I'm hoping they're sensible with it and, and think of the fans because they're massive. And, what, um, and can you relate to the modern players? I mean, as a player, you you've already sort of hinted at it, really. You know, it's uh, it's more natural for you to mix with fans. You've always done it. Um, do you think that the modern players miss out by not doing that? Yeah, I think so. That that's one thing that really attracted me to Manchester City. I, I've always been a football fan, so I've been the other side where. I love football and appreciated footballers. Um, so I, I, I've always thought it'd be really important to give back, but you lose that a little bit now because it is so big. You don't get to see players on match days. Um, they're in and out. And yeah, look, I, I think the, the modern player misses out because Manchester City fans are uh, especially special because they're down to earth. They love you for working hard and everything you give, give to the club. But... That's changed now, unfortunately, and I think fo football's missing out. What would you say was the best experience you've had then, not on the field, off the field, as a City player, with your relationship with fans? Have you met people or gone somewhere or something happened to you that you can tell us about? 
look, every time I come back, like my my lad is only 14, so he he, he didn't really know me as a, a footballer. He was obviously too young. And we've gone to games, uh, away games, home games, and it like he's shocked with the reception I get. Uh, and with look, I'm I'm honest enough to to say I wasn't great. I, I was an honest footballer that give everything and. The fans really appreciated that. And my lad's sometimes shocked. We, we go to games and Manchester City fans sing my name and want pictures. And he's going, what, what's that about, Dad? I said, oh, it's a long story. I used to play for Manchester City. And he went, yeah, but they weren't good then. Uh, and, and it didn't matter. I, I pulled the shirt on and I'll give everything and, and always did. And um, that was enough. That was enough for, for Blues. And yeah, sometimes I find it a little bit embarrassing, but... Um, my love for the club is always there and always will be. I mean, I think you, you've said that you think City fans are special. I got I got a message the other day, a couple of days ago, from somebody saying, um, this lady, I won't name her because that would be unfair, but this lady is about to have, um, you know, an operation. She's already had cancer and, and we'd appreciate, this is me, I'm not even an ex-player, I'm not like you, I'm not famous, but would, would I ring her and, and hopefully give her a little bit of a lift, which I happily did and spoke to her for half an hour and she said at the end that that had made a bit of a difference. You're in that privileged position of being an ex-player, of being being an absolute hero, things like that must have happened to you. You must have, have been in a position because I've done this more than on more than one occasion where somebody's reached out to you and you've been able to make a big difference. And that 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 must be a great feeling for you when you get the chance. Yeah, to that. yeah it's really nice. I've done quite a lot through through obviously COVID and that, and um, I just think it's really important to give back. At the end of the day, footballers. Look, they're made out to be these superstars. Uh, and look, the current bunch are superstars as well in my eyes. They're unbelievable players, but they're human beings. I've been a football fan and, and loved being a football fan and appreciated football. So my aim when I become a footballer was to always give back when I can. So I've, I've made many a Zoom call and, and FaceTime calls to make a difference if, if people ask. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, I'm, I'm Kevin Orwick from South London that was lucky enough to to be a footballer so yeah these moments are special and it's nice to see how much they appreciate but in the same breath I've really enjoyed speaking to them as well um like I say I am down to earth and I'll have a laugh and I just think it's really important to give back I really do you tell them stories of when you were a practical joker in a city dressing room because <laughs> I mean, you, you must have a few of them <laughs> only the ones I could I, I, yeah I've kept I've kept a few private because they're not really um, able to be spoke about. But, yeah, look, I always was that person. And, look, Joe Rawls said openly, it was funny, actually, when I signed later on in my career, when obviously I left Manchester City, Joe Rawls signed me at Ipswich. And um, he said, you know what, Kev, I didn't sign you for football. I signed you for, for the dressing room. And I thought, hang on a minute, is that a compliment there or not? I, I couldn't work <laughs> it out. But, um, yeah, I always get called to joke, and I probably always will. It was on my school reports as a kid, and I'm still that way now. I'm 48 now and still act like a 17-year-old, unfortunately. So what's the last practical joke you've pulled? Have you done one today? Um, have I done one today? Not yet, but it's early days. Like I say, I've been at a barbecue today, so I'm sorry. I've had a few beers, but um, I'll be going back there after this, and I will do one, I think. I'll have to think one up, though. Um, let's think. I have to be sensible because the, the kids and the missus is there, so I'll have to be a little bit sensible. I mean, I've heard all sorts of stories about Chappie when he was the kit man and 
You know, he used to dive oh. off the top of the. Uh, what a man! What a man! Exactly was. I mean, is he is he even more of an idiot than you are? <laughs> it, yeah. Well, we call each other deluded, which is um, quite fitting. Look, I love Chappie. He's crazy, by the way. Absolutely crazy. But I loved him for it. He was down to earth. He didn't care what people thought. And you know what I mean, I like to be associated with people like that because there's no airs and graces. They don't think they're better than anyone. And they don't mind having a laugh. They don't mind making themselves look idiots. And I don't know. I'm attracted to people like that. I, I love Chappie so much he was he, he was really important at a difficult time at Manchester City I seem to remember a story of him being bet by all the players to jump off the roof at Carrington into a paddling pool with goggles on and, uh, and all sorts of stuff and or being being uh, told that, that the players would give some money to charity if he'd eat a load of mustard and uh, things oh he'd do it yeah Chappie would do it he, look, he didn't care he was just nuts uh, and some of the stuff he did, I'm I'm surprised he's still alive. If I'm totally honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, he makes me smile. Whenever anyone mentions his name, it makes me smile, and I love meeting back up with him. He's he's, he's such a great fella. What's the daftest thing you've done then, Kev? Me, what, what I can tell you. Obviously, there's one that's been highlighted before by Joe Wall when we went down to the playoff final. Um, it was obviously a massive, massive moment, and and probably looking back now is probably even bigger. Um, we didn't know where the club was at the time and if we hadn't gone up the day, there could have been repercussions. But um, yeah, the lads were nervous. We got down to the hotel in London, um, near Chelsea, I think we stayed, and it was torrential rain. And I, when, when I say torrential rain, it was the worst rain I've ever seen. It was absolutely chucking it down. And I don't know, I went out and stood in it. Jeff Whitley um, come out and said, right, I'll... I'll give you a bet who stays out here the longest. And I, I said, I'm going to... In the end, I think I took the top off. There was loads of tourists taking pictures, thinking, who are these two crazy fellas out in this rain? And I think in the end, Joe Roll summoned us in, saying, get your asses in here. Um, <laughs> Jeff said he won. I definitely won. Um, I was out there the longest. But it was just little stupid things, really. There's some, obviously, I can't even mention, but um, little... Just to take the pressure off, just to have a laugh. Because it was tough times. We, we weren't great and we was under pressure and um, we weren't winning games as often as we should. And it was tough times. So you need that little bit of release, that, that, that little giggle, that little laugh, which I was probably better at than football, if I'm totally honest. <laughs> That's not true, Kevin. You're a great footballer. Um, when you hear stories like that, Amy, and, uh, and you know that today's players are so protected and so well aware do you feel a bit jealous that you're not a little bit older like me and Paul and that you you know that you live through that era or are you do you prefer this modern era well, I, the modern, era, um, the modern you, era would have been good for the money Kevin was playing in that I have to say I was only a teenager so like I was like 14 when in 99 Oh, you're um, making me feel old now. Sorry, oh, my God. Sorry. Yeah. So sorry. Um, but I remember, um, like, watching the penalty, because I hate watching penalties, absolutely hate, and I will go and sit in another room or whatever. And I sat on the stairs in my in my house, and um, my dad obviously screamed and stuff, and I knew that Nicky Weaver had stayed, and I was like, I ran, like, pretty much she ran... To wet, like the full length of Wembley, I run the full length of my street 
just run around in circles, like coughing and screaming. All my neighbours wondered what the hell was going on. Uh, but I literally ran to the bottom of my street with my city flag and like cars were beeping at me and everything, but I just was like, I didn't really care. Um, but I've had the like fortunate, like I have actually managed to meet some of my heroes and um, I've met Nicky Weaver and I've met Paul Dickoff and I've met Aguero, I've met Micah Richards, I've met Les Scott. Um, and like those players, obviously my heroes growing up are still dead down to earth and they're not bothered about having the picture taken with you and things like that. And, you know, like when I met Aguero, he had to have his picture with me. He didn't like, you know, like, cause I was giving him his award. He didn't like, you know, he, it wasn't like, hi Sergio, can I have my picture? Whereas like when I went and like got my picture with Nicky Weaver, he basically went, do you want me to take the picture? I don't mind. And I was like, <laughs> like I was just like dead excited but um yeah I, I went to the 125th anniversary party I was fortunate to get an invite invite to that and being able to see the obviously my dad's generation players as well um was was really you know it was you know I, I am a fangirl I'm not gonna turn around and say I'm not I do get excited when I see a player I'm not gonna lie because I, I am a Weirdo. Um, but, <laughs> like that, I, I did the game yesterday at, at Palace. I did the, the radio and um, I, did, I like listened to you on the radio. I, I was like, I was starstruck. I know that might sound really crazy, but I am as well with the modern players. Like, there's Phil Foden, there's Sergio. Yeah, I'm the same. You're not weirdo. Well, unless I'm a weirdo, <laughs> we're all weirdos. <laughs> But yeah, being able to like, you know, like it, I, I literally like Nicky Weaver is such a nice guy. He really is a really, really nice guy. And I can imagine that what he was like playing, you know, playing with you. He's such a lovely he, man. He was, he, he was a bit of a lun, lunatic as well, yeah. by the way. Great lad. Yeah, great I can imagine. Lad. I can imagine. Yeah, he was but, one that, that I was attracted to. So that tells you everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he was a great lad. And, and I've seen him a few times since and... I don't know, the lads from that era have got a real affiliation and a bond. Um, I can't explain it. Um, we're, we'll probably have that to the day we die, but the moments we went through at Manchester City have, have well, it's just created a bond that, that'll never leave us. I mean, being, I mean, obviously, I, 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 you were talking earlier about you know meeting people and stuff. I remember when you rang me up once for some advice about your wife's car. Um, I was I was telling that story to people for about three weeks after Kevin yeah, Hart. What, what was that? What was wrong with it? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it was a black BMW or something she had or something and the engine was gone. Or, I do yeah, remember and, it, yeah. Yeah, and I remember you ringing me and it was like, it probably meant nothing to you, but to me, I was like, oh my God, Kevin Harlock's just run me. I was like, can I tweet this? Or was it customer <laughs> confidentiality? It was like... Well, I was, well, I was, tweet away, look. At the end of the day, no, it's... Look, you might have thought that to me you're the same as me I, I know it's probably weird that you've watched me play football and all that and, and it's really nice to hear but I, I've seen you tweet and you sound a top fella by the way and I thought you know what I'm going to ring him and ask him a question um, <laughs> you know, I can't remember what it was now I think the car's gone now anyway so yeah it was, um, it, it's great I mean it's great of you to say that I mean the fact that you follow me on Twitter as well again it just it means so much but you're not well. you're not 
<laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna get the modern footballer doing that. And I think the footballers are missing out on it, to be honest, because they're not, you know, they're not they're not hands-on like you guys were. And you know, you you come for a pint with us and things like that at the end of a game. And the, the modern yeah. football player is really missing out on that, to be honest. Yeah, that, that bond is special and it and it, and it, it will be there forever. But I, I love interacting with the fans and having a laugh, and I don't mind taking a mick out myself. So, I mean, I don't know, they've got great humour. Obviously, Atsu back in the day to watch yeah. us, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love all that. I love that side of it. So you were at Crystal Palace yesterday, Kevin, and let, let's talk a little bit about the football, which is majestic at the moment. I mean, yeah, you know, he's got a squad of 22 players, you know, or thereabouts, and it doesn't seem to matter which 22 play. They all know what the roles are. It's all about keeping possession. It's all about wearing players down. I think I saw a quote from the Paris Saint-Germain player who got sent off last week um, saying that uh, something like, they were toying with us, um, you know, and, and, and if that's a true quote, that is some compliment, isn't it? I mean, how, how good is this How good is this team? I've done a, done several games over the last few months and even yesterday at Palace, it's scary to watch. And look, the players are top draw for me. Most of it comes from the manager in terms of, obviously they, they recruit what he wants, but he's a genius. It's simple as that. I don't care what anyone says. He's a genius. Like how he gets players to play how he wants in the style he wants and produce it is scary. Like yesterday, we, we was trying to work out the team yesterday and obviously Fernandinho and Rodri are playing. So we're thinking two sitters. Does that mean like the wing-backs are pushed on? One a drop? No, it weren't even that. I, th I think Fernandinho ended up at right-back most of the time. Everyone was thinking Cancelo was going to push into the centre areas like he has done at full-back before. No, he ended up high and wide. No one knows what he's going to do. Managers don't know what he's going to do. Opposition don't know what he's going to do. He's a genius. I don't care what anyone says. And yes, he has got top draw players, but he develops them as well. And yeah, I can't speak highly. Like, it's scary to watch. And I feel very privileged every, every time I get the opportunity to watch them. Pochettino is obviously a very good manager as well. He's the manager of Paris Saint-Germain. And it felt like at half-time in that game... Um, you know, they were expecting to win. And let's be honest, the first half, they had a couple of good chances and they played very well, Paris Saint-Germain. But um, I don't know what Pep did, um, whether it was just give the players confidence. And I know there was an element of luck. I know that, that the ball in from Kevin De Bruyne may have been a cross that was not quite as accurate as his normal crosses. And whether or not Riyad Mahrez actually knew that that wall was likely to disintegrate and aim for where he thought the gap would be, or it was just a bad free kick. But either way, City in the end did deserve to win that. Um, is Pochettino now... I mean, they looked a beat inside to me, Paris Saint-Germain, late on. They, they went. I mean, Neymar was was losing it, running around, kicking everything that moved. It doesn't feel to me as if they, they will believe that they can do it at the Etihad uh, this coming week. Look... Manchester City are red-hot favourites now, uh, and rightly so. We all know as Blues, um, there's going to be a typical City moment. I don't think it's over, I must admit, because you don't know, because they've got top players, you can't deny that. And when you're dealing with top players, anything can happen at, at any given moment. Um, so I don't think that the tie's over, but I do expect Manchester City to go through. And if Manchester City play anywhere near like they can, then they win and hopefully it's comfortable. Um, 
but maybe that's me dreaming. It probably, we'll probably have moments of biting our nails and moments of shouting at the TV screen and all that. But yeah, I, I think Manchester City go through. Where are you with this, Paul? Are you are you the, the typical city frightened, biting your nails, or are you quite relaxed about it all? Look at the state of them. You won't bite them nails, Egan. They're shockers. Um, I mean, you you and me and our pals have already booked our flights to Istanbul, haven't we? I know we have. I know. And and like, oh, so we're only going to lose a fiver if it goes wrong, aren't we? But oh, I don't know. I, I, there's going to be something. There's going to be a typical city somewhere. We're going to end up, um, I don't know, something will happen, something dodgy will happen. Maybe... Uh, P-A-R. Say again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. P-A-R. That's my fear. That's my fear. So you're actually nervous then? You're genuinely nervous, Paul? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm absolutely bricking it. I was I was the uh, the first leg. Um, I've not felt that nervous for a long, long time, to be honest. Um, I was proper nervous. And my mate invited me around to watch it. And um, I said, no, I'm watching it on my own. I, I, can't, I can't have everyone in the house while I'm watching it. So the missus, even the missus went out. <laughs> Fortunately, the tap didn't get out. Ian, I said on, on air yesterday, like we were talking about this, and um, it's unbelievable times. Like, and Blues deserve every success, what they've been through over the years and all that. Uh, and they actually, I, I honestly believe, I, they, they wouldn't care if Manchester City don't win another game. They'd still be there. They'd still be there in numbers. They'd still be supporting. Look, it's unbelievable times. If we don't win the Champions League, yes, disappointment, but they're still going to be Blues. It's not everything. And, and that's 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 what make them so special. And I, I hope, look, I hope Manchester City go on and win the Champions League. They're obviously going to win the Premier League. Obviously, won the League Cup and that. But Blues are there not not just to win trophies. That's the cherry on 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 top of the cake. They're Blues because they're blue through and through. Whether win, lose, or draw, it makes no difference. And and that's what makes them special. Well, when you say them. We are three of them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, we, no, four now, mate. Four. I was <laughs> We're talking to four now, mate. Good, good. Amy, you, you tell me what's your mindset because you're, you know, um, you know, a fangirl, as you call yourself. If, if City, if, if Pep goes or City, you know, the Shake goes and City back in the third division, uh, will you still be there? I mean, it, what, is that what makes Blue special? Yeah, you you know you you have to ride the you know the rough with the smooth and like you'll still be there no matter what you know like Champions League yeah you know who'd have thought it little city in the Champions League like you know hey like <laughs> the, the stuff, stuff dreams are made of isn't it like you know it's better, um, than, York, it's better than York City away isn't it <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> yeah you know like Going to Blackpool or whatever, you know, like the, you know, like, you know, Middlesbrough beating us, like, you know, these these things are what we live for, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, it's things like that, and that's what makes makes us lovers more. And I must admit, I am scared every time. The latter stages of the league, I'm always a nervous wreck. I really am. Like, you know, look, you know, we lost the FA out of the FA Cup. You know, it's it. That's it's just FA Cup seems to like evade us sometimes. Like it's like we can't have that. <laughs> but we don't want the FA Cup. Forget about that. Like you know, it just seems to we just seem to lose our poop when we do that. But um, I just like 
just the thought of us having the Champions League is just, I don't even want to think about it because it's just a scary thought. Um, and um, yeah, it's just, just us having all these trophies is, like, is something that we never thought we'd ever have. And I think that, you know, it's just, it's still scary. And in the last stages of the league, I always get really, really, it's like this today with Liverpool and, and United, of course, we wasn't meant to win the league today. Of course, we wasn't. Like you know, like of course, and it's just silly things like that, and it's it's awful. In that, that banner that said being a city fan gives you serious health problems is actually true. Like I have no nails. I'm probably the only girl that has no nails because I'm constantly biting them through stress. <laughs> I've got to tell you, I've been in the process of writing a book about my life, which sounds a bit egotistical and it's just an experiment at the moment. Um, I might never publish it, but one of the things I've done while I've been writing it is to go through my time watching City. And I just wonder whether you three, actually, let's include Kevin as well, uh, do this. I mean, on all those dark days when City were not great, um, we would have a laugh coming back on the train or on the car or whatever, and we'd be we'd be saying, "Who's the worst player you've ever seen play for City? You know, what's the worst own goal you've ever seen? What's the worst match you've ever seen?" And I can't really imagine Liverpool and United fans and 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 fans of these big clubs where it's all about winning, having those conversations. To me, that that that's part of being a City fan. It's it's great to have that that sort of mentality where you can. Take the mickey. Now, I hasten to add, by the way, Kevin, you'd never be on that list, despite the fact that you are <laughs> self-deprecating. But I can pick a few. I'll give you an example. Uh, you you, you won't, possibly won't remember uh, Mike Walsh, who came to us for a while as a centre-back. He ended up at Blackpool for most of his time and went on to manage Rochdale. He has got to you know be one of the worst centre-halves I have ever Mike, seen. Mike, Mike Walsh. Um, Stephen Mahon's assistant. Blonde he hair. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, Blonde. Yeah. You know well, you're you're not going to tell him now, assistant. are you? I think he was assistant manager at Swindon when I was there. If it's the same fella. Yeah, I'm sure he was. And I'm sure he, he, he played for Blackpool. So I know Mike. Oh, don't what tell him. Story? <laughs> what was you going to say? What was you going to say, Ian? Anyway? I said, what a great player he was. He was yeah. one of my favourites. Yeah. He's not, not the same one, Ian. It must be a different one. <laughs> Well, have you, have, you, have you had those? Come on, Paul, you must have had conversations like that where we've talked about the worst that's ever played for the club. Well, we do, don't we? We have them coming back from European games and stuff. We we, we, we sort the world out, don't we, coming back? I mean, Mike, mine's... Um, and, and, and I never liked him anyway, and he ate him even more now. He's, um, he's McManaman, woman, you know, at the... Um, I don't even know, he's, uh, Steve, and then Steve McManaman. Oh, I can't stand him. He, he was pointy. Did a lot of pointing, didn't he? Did a lot of pointing, had yeah, I'd won, I'd won good game against Barcelona in some dodgy cup. Um, and that was it then. So, yeah, no, he's the worst. I'll tell you what I, knew, I found today. I forgot Peter Beardsley played for us as well. I was, I, there, was a, there was a sort of Twitter poll on, on today and they were sort of saying, you know, like, did, Pete, did Peter Beardsley put a stint in? I thought, God, I forgot he played for us. <laughs> Just forgot he was there. Have you got Crazy a worst time, player, yeah. Amy? Have you got a worst player, Amy? Uh, Jamie Pollock, he wasn't great, was he? Oh, well, he scored that famous goal, that own goal, didn't he, against QPR? Uh, Do you know what? Like, obviously, I played with Jamie, and, and he does get a bit thick. Look, that own goal, that own goal was special. 
when it I, I've watched it back actually the other day. I, I was, it was up on my timeline on Twitter. He, he was a really nice lad and he was better than people give him credit for. As a team, we weren't good. And it, it's difficult to to look good in a bad team. So mm, yeah. Did he, I, I think, did he forget um, which way he was I, kicking? <laughs> oh, I'm not at at Richard Dunn scored a few own goals and, oh, and, yeah. and, and I agree with what Kevin's saying I've spoken to Jamie and he's a really nice fella and actually joking apart um, when Mike was at Mike Walsh was at uh, Rochdale um, I, I told him <laughs> what, what I thought you know I, I wouldn't say things behind, behind me back you know so oh, you, you were terrible at City you know one of the worst defenders I've ever seen but he had a sense of humour and he was you know he, he, I think he nearly tipped a cup of tea over me once but you know you just got to have a laugh in, in the world haven't you I mean life's too short not to have a laugh isn't it I mean that, that's your mantra all the time Kev isn't it yeah look if you can't laugh you're going to cry aren't you so yeah yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, I can I can honestly say though, can honestly say that when a player's playing for us, it don't matter how good or how bad they were, we we still loved them. You know, we we still we'll still sing the name, and even though they, I I feel terrible, and this is how bad it is being a City fan. I feel terrible actually, not but for McManaman because I can't stand him, but. I feel terrible that we're actually saying, you know, that, that these players were bad players because they put on a city shirt. They were our, everyone was our hero, wasn't they? You know, and even if they had a bad a bad day or a bad season or they never had a good game for us, it didn't matter. We'd still cheer the names. It was, and that's what it is to be a city fan. There are there are you know there are city players. I don't care whether we've got empty seats or the Etihad and everything. I said this to you, Ian, that you know we. If we got relegated, we had this conversation coming back from a podcast here, and I think, and, and we're going round the roundabout. And I said to you, I said, like, he, he said, you know, this empty ad thing. And I said, you know what? If if we got relegated into the bottom tier of football now, I don't care because I know I'd be there and you'd be there, Ian. And I know Amy would be there and probably Kevin would be there, there as well. Thousands. There. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many fans are at the ground. You know, whether we've got a bigger fan base than United or smaller than him, I'm not bothered because I'm going. And that's it. Mm. Simple. I think it's one of them. Like, as a player, I always thought, and obviously I've been a football fan. My dad used to take me to Cholton, believe it or not. Um, but when I was old enough to, to actually make my own choice, I went to West Ham and, and, and I was lucky enough to, to, to obviously get offered a scholarship there and stuff. I, I used to go home and away when I could, even when I was there and... As a fan, I think all you want, you can you can deal with players making mistakes. You can deal with missing open goals. You can deal with own goals. I always said to myself, look, whenever I pull, pull a shirt on, I'm, I'm going to play like a fan. And, and what I mean by that is I'm going to give everything. And and oh, I, I was slow as anything, but I would have run for a, a brick wall for the football club. I would have, I'd have bled for the football club. I, I cut my head a number of times. I, I would give everything I had for that shirt and I think fans can relate to that and maybe that's why I'm, I'm fondly remembered at, at City I'll give everything I had and look it weren't what you see today with the players how good they are but I give everything I had and, and I think fans can relate to that I think Jamie Pollock had the same instinct because he, he played as a fan and I think he were playing as me 
Because I, I was I was great at rugby, but rubbish at football. I think it's worth remembering. I think it's worth remembering. You know, there's not a single player who pulls the shirt on for any team actually who doesn't want to do well. You know, they don't deliberately go out there to play badly. And they have off days, just like we all do in life. Um, so even though we joke about it, and generally we would only have these conversations in our own private company, wouldn't we? And to the outside world. I'd, if somebody said, to, if a United fan came up to me tomorrow and said that Jamie Pollock was terrible, I'd go, no, he wasn't. He gave his all for something. <laughs> he was just a bit unlucky. I'd absolutely yeah. defend him because that's what you do as a fan. Yeah. You know, you attack my family, I defend yeah. my family. Yeah. It's, it, it's not about, you know, you can you can poke fun at your own mates, but you don't poke fun to, to outside, to the outside world, do you? Yeah. 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 Tribal. It's tribal, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've had, I've had so many arguments in the... I mean, I've got, like, United friends, City friends, whatever. My brother's a United fan. I'm so sorry, but he is. Um, and I've had so many arguments in the pub with idiot people, like, going on with themselves. And I'm like, whatever. You, you, I'm like a, like a little bulldog. You like... You literally... <laughs> I'm like a hooligan. Once it starts... There's no stopping, and I'm surprised I've not been bad from a pub. I really. So tough back in the day for for blues, though. Imagine the stick they must have got. Like school children at school, like. Yeah, oh. I had it. I had it at school. Like I used to. I, at school, I was either in a city shirt or a take that t-shirt. That's all. That's all. Like my school oh. uniform was. I was either getting slagged off for City or slagged off for Take That. Either way, I had it from both sides. So, like, the 90s was cruel. Like, literally was cruel. Yeah, I, I imagine. <laughs> I, I, one, I, I think one fan um, tweeted me, and we were, we were chatting, like, direct message, and he said, oh, you, you were my, one of my heroes. And I was thinking, hang on a minute, Jesus Christ, you're struggling if I'm one of your heroes. He said, I used to be you in the playground when I played football. My, oh. I felt so sorry for him. Like, what were you doing? <laughs> Everything had to be on his left foot and he was running around really slow. Like he must have got stick, mustn't he? Jesus. I bet he was right-footed as well. <laughs> he wouldn't have wanted my right foot, Ian, let me tell you. <laughs> let me ask you, Amy, about uh, Aguero. I mean, obviously he scored a great goal yesterday. Um, has he done enough, do you think, now to, to force his way in? Or do you think Pep's already made his mind up about the team and he doesn't really want to play with the striker? A bit more of a serious question, but, you know, as we're coming towards the end of the podcast, let, let's let's just keep it a bit more serious for a few minutes. I mean, I like the other week when, um, like, he'd come on and he went off as though he was, like, really, really upset and it looked like he'd mouthed, they're not passing to me. Yesterday, I could see he was ready and he was rearing and they were actually involving him. And I know, obviously, they've not been used to playing with, like, you know, you're, you're a striker, whatever. Um, but they were actually gelling back with him. And, and you know, it's upsetting because, like, you know, we've only got a few more games left of him and it's really upsetting. And... Um, like, it was so good to see him score. It, it was just like, he, and you could see his little face. He was just dead happy. And like, you know, he was just so happy that he'd scored. And the team hugged him. And it, it was, you know, and I thought it's, I'm hoping that Pep plays him on Tuesday. I really do. 
he's even said himself he's ready and raring to go and when you pull that screen down on your notifications and it tells you who's in the team and he's not there it, it annoys me because he's been ready for ages and I don't you know we us fans need to see him before he before he goes and you know we it's are you uh, saying all this just because you're a fangirl or, or genuinely because of the no, quality gen- of that strike? No, genuinely, genuinely, because he is good. He is good. He's, you know, he's a good footballer. And um, other teams used to be scared when he was on the, the sheet. You know, you could hear in the commentary like, oh, I bet, they, I bet they're not, they're happy because Aguero's not playing or whatever, you know, like. I think he should have been bought on in the derby as well. There's certain games he should have been bought on for. And uh, the FA Cup, for instance, he should have been bought on for that. You know, I think we probably would have won if Aguero had been on or whatever. You know, we just, you need that person who's going to fight. It's like, you know, sometimes we've took a shot and you know that if Aguero had been there, he would have got it in, you know, like he would have gone through and took it and scored and, Sometimes the ball's just sailed past and you're like, see, you needed somebody there to, to knock it in the goal. Um, these these important matches he needs to be playing. He definitely needs to be playing. Well, here's the juxtaposition. I mean, I saw Trevor Francis during that amazing season that he had at City and he could score a goal from anywhere, uh, from nothing. He was a very, very special player and still I consider him one of the best strikers to have played for City, even though his stay at, at Main Road was relatively brief. Aguero can produce a goal where other players can't, something special. But, Paul, does he fit into this false nine, no-striker team, which has been all powerful this season and, and swept everybody aside? I mean, w- would you bring him in on, on Tuesday night? Um, obviously, it's a professional game. There's a lot of lot at stake. We we as fans have used our heart. You know, we very rarely go with our heads. Um, I thought yesterday, and I, I think I tweeted some and and uh, about it, and it actually sunk in that Aguero's leaving us. Um, and you know what? I think they should get the band back together for one more time and get him in there because he actually worked like a false number nine yesterday. He was moving about, he was tracking back, he was moving from all positions. So, you know, I'd love to see him back in there and I'd love to do it. You know what? And and I still think he can. That that finish yesterday where he set himself up on the volley and it was a beautiful, beautiful, dare I say, Aguero-esque goal. Um, It's what we've been used to seeing him doing. The ten years he's been with us, and you know, I still think that you know, for these these big games, you can't. That, like Amy said, he should have come on in them two games for me because he would. Just the fact that he's on the pitch is enough to to you know make defenders worry where he is, what he's doing, because he can make them little runs that other players just don't see. You know, Jesus doesn't see the same runs that he does, and when he does see him, he can't finish him like Aguero can. I'd love to see him in that final, but I, you know, I, I don't know whether Pep's going to risk it or not. I can't believe I'm saying risk playing Aguero, but you understand what I mean. Now, Kevin, I, I've been lucky enough to attend one or two games behind closed doors, and it reminds me when I do that, and I'll be there on Tuesday, that you can see the big picture of the pitch, which you can't see on television. You were at Crystal Palace, and you've been at a few games, so. 
given that you've seen Pep's perfect football and you've already described him as a genius, Pep, does Sergio fit now, fit into that system? Would you play him? Uh, um, I don't want to upset the guests. I don't think he starts Tuesday. Um, looking at the... Look, let's get it right. Aguero is a legend and a proper legend, not falsely used. He is a legend at his football club and he's took us to new heights and he's going to get a statue and rightly so. Um, and yesterday at the game, I thought he looked quite sharp, I must admit. There was a couple of moments where I think an inform and playing regular Aguero hits a shot. His goal was fantastic and it's what we're used to and expect. I, I don't think he starts Tuesday. I must admit, I think I think the false nines worked really well with the personnel and, and rotation. Um, yeah, so that's my thoughts on it. I, I don't think he'll start. And look, is it right? Is it wrong? I, I think sometimes as fans, I, I'd love to see him start. And I smiled yesterday when I turned up to, to, to obviously do the the commentary and, and they said Aguero was starting, I smiled for me at the ear because I wanted to see him play. And I think a lot of Blues are like that, but the club's evolving and it's going to be a tough day when he leaves. We're going to shed a tear, as will Aguero probably, but all good things come to an end, unfortunately. And I just think he's obviously days and numbers and I really don't think he'll start Tuesday. Will he, will he start in, in the final? That, that's the question. Let's get there and, and hopefully then... We can we can see him playing a Champions League final, maybe score a winning goal for Manchester City to win Champions League. But I don't see him starting Tuesday now. I was going to ask you if you're a dreamer. I mean, obviously Aguero himself said a few years ago that he wouldn't leave the club until City won the Champions League. I wonder if it's written in the stars that you know he he scores the winning goal, the winning penalty, or something in Istanbul, and and does exactly what he said he was going to do. Look, I wouldn't bet against it. Look, He's a born goal scorer. He's done it so often for Manchester City in big moments. And look, I don't know, maybe we should all go and put a fiver on it, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> I can't see any argument against it. I mean, he'll be fully fit by then, won't he? And you would imagine that once the league's tied up, which we assume it will be against Chelsea next week now with the, another week's delay, that in those remaining three games... Pep, um, first of all, on a practical basis, will want to rotate and rest some of his key players. But also, if the last game against Everton, for example, has got 10,000 fans attending, which we think it will, he has got sentiment in him, Pep, and they won't necessarily be taking a gamble by playing him. So you'd expect him to play a couple of games before that final, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think he, he may figure... Obviously, before the end of the season, I, I just think, and look, we all try and second guess it, don't we? When when Pep takes someone off on Saturday, we think, oh, is that because of Tuesday? I, I just think Aguero played obviously 90 minutes. I just don't think he starts Tuesday. I, I thought he looked really sharp on, on Saturday. I must admit, I, I thought he looked lively. He was trying to link up with with, with Raheem Sterling and and he looked quite bright. But like I said, he, he didn't shot when, when maybe he would have in the past. I just don't don't see him starting playing ninety minutes to ask him to start again on on Tuesdays probably too much. I'm hoping I'm hoping we get to the final when he starts and scores a winner like every blue probably. So let me ask you this question as we come towards the end of the podcast, Kevin. And thanks very much for your your time and coming away from the barbecue tonight. Really appreciate. I brought my beer it. with me anyway. I brought oh. my beer. I've left everyone else. They're about a mile away. I walked to another mate's house, so it's a little bit more quiet. 
<laughs> I didn't think you'd be without a beer, Kev. Um, so who's your favourite current City player? I mean, I know we talk about the, the collection and the fact that Pep is the, you know, the man who's making it all happen. But individually, I mean, Fernandinho's one of my favourites, for example. Who's your favourite? Do you know what? Fernandinho was magnificent yesterday. Uh, look, you probably don't pick it up on the, on the TV, or but seeing it live, the positions he gets in and and the fires he puts out, like the experience. Do you know what? What a player for his age. He, he looks like he's getting younger and younger. He, he was unbelievable yesterday. Uh, and people probably don't see that because they highlight the players that score goals and create. He was magnificent. Um, in terms of my favourite player, love Kevin De Bruyne. Who doesn't? Um, not just because we share the same name. Um, and apparently he was named after me. His, his parents were <laughs> Manchester City. I'm, I'm obviously lying about that. What a player. Uh, and, and look, who doesn't love Phil Foden? Local boy. Um, what a player. And, and I've tweeted about a number, number of times. And I honestly believe it. I think we are witnessing the start of uh, or the early career of what will be one of football's greats. He's got everything, honestly. As long as he doesn't get a serious injury, as long as he keeps his feet on the floor, as long as he is sensible and develops, and hopefully that is at Manchester City, he is unbelievable. Well, I think that's a, that's, a great, that's a great way to end this podcast. Um, I mean, uh, Kevin, Amy and Paul, thanks for being with us tonight and and particularly Kevin um, as our legend tonight uh, even though you might not describe yourself as a legend legend, legend. legend. I will describe you as a legend as far as I'm concerned that first goal <laughs> in the playoff final was the crucial goal don't let Paul Dickoff tell you any different yeah it was just lucky it was just lucky it landed on the left mate if it ended on the right that could have gone anywhere <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, thanks very much to, to you three for being being the guests on this particular edition. Uh, thanks very much to charleslouis.co.uk, who are the sponsors. Without them, there would be no podcast. Um, don't forget to retweet and to share and to subscribe. It's always free to listen to the Forever Blue podcast. And um, as I always say at the end of, of every podcast and every vlog, you know what? It's great to be a blue. <laughs>